0: welcome back to the crash course podcast my name is craig crash collins joined as always by brandon scott otherwise known as B, Scott. We've got a lot to get into. It is state finals weekend for Indiana high school football. It's going to be a fun weekend. Two nights of championship football. You've got the odd numbers, 1-8, 3-A, and 5-A on Friday. Then you've got the even numbers on Saturday, 2-A, 4-A, and 6-A. We're going to be diving into all the matchups. I know you guys are, don't know what to do because you're seeing our faces for the first time on Thanksgiving week. Typically, we take this week off, but we're really Really excited to hop in and talk some Indiana high school football. Uh, But B. Scott, before we jump into it, I don't want to take too much time, you know, getting into the pleasantries because we got a lot to cover tonight. But I also think we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about what the Colts did to the Bills uh, on, on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I was pleasantly shocked to see that outcome as I was sitting, you know, here in my uh, multimillionaire man cave, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was definitely shocked to see that. I mean, I think that's a good sign of things to come honestly, especially with the way the rest of the AFC looked this past week. I think the Colts have as good of a shot of anybody. I mean, Right now, the the, the the job needs to be is get into the playoffs and then do what you got to do from there, because obviously they just showed everybody in the NFL that they can go into a bad weather situation and dominate the home team, which is, is exactly what they did in Buffalo. One, why is it that we're always playing in Buffalo? And two, why is it every time we play in Buffalo, the weather is horrible?
0: Yeah, I. The last time I don't think okay, Josh yeah, Allen the, was the
1: playoff game. The playoff game was okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I was like the last time that the Colts played Buffalo at home. I'm trying to remember uh, who was. I think it was it, like
1: it? Peterman.
0: Was it? It might have been. because I, I don't think they had Josh Allen the last time. No, they
1: didn't. Uh, the I last was. Time they played in Indy at least.
0: Let's see, I was. I was like, I remember where I was living then. And that would have been like 2018 at the earliest. So, or the late, like, I don't know, but so yeah, it wasn't right
1: before they got him.
0: Yeah. But regardless, I mean, um, you know, to get that win is incredible. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, what a great game by him, uh, from home improvement to this game. Uh, I mean, wow, what a great can run we, can He's had
1: really seriously start talking MVP because it just right now this season, it doesn't seem like there's anybody else that really truly wants it because I know it's always a quarterback that wins it. Let's just be honest. But right. Is, are there any quarterbacks that are truly playing at an MVP caliber consistently? I mean, Tom Brady looks normal. Right. Uh, Pat Mahomes, normal. I mean, I, I, I really don't know who else I could think of, but yeah, it was an impressive win. You know, this weekend was a good weekend. You know, you had Purdue beating North Carolina and Villanova, and then the Colts winning the way they yeah. did. It was a great sports weekend.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, uh, in the Colts conversation on this, I think that, um, I think, you know, when you talked about Jonathan Taylor being in the uh, MVP talks. I think this was a big uh, statement uh, weekend for not only Jonathan Taylor as far as um, being in the MVP talks. I mean, this is a situation where, like, I think, you know, if he does end up winning, this will be the weekend where he gets really kind of, like, put on the map. And then I think the same for the Colts as well. If they can carry this momentum... Uh, through it, the bye week, on, because I was I was wondering if they would even be, you know, five hundred. Because I was like, well, cool, we got back to five and five, and now we're going to lose the Bills and Bucks to be five and seven going into the bye. And now they have a legit shot to. Well, I mean, they're definitely at minimum going to be five hundred going into the bye. So um, I think they're
1: going to be better. I I think, think, I think,
0: right. I think if they beat the Buccaneers, I think they really, not to say the game against the Bucs is a must win, but I think if they want to keep that momentum and really start to shine in this final stretch of the season, I think they need to win against the Bucs um, to go into that stretch run. Do you think if they Um, beat the
1: Bucs and they beat them soundly, people start changing their tune about the Colts and start looking at them as a potential Super Bowl contender?
0: Potentially, I mean, because that was the thought process going into the season. And then they had their really bad start. And I think now that they've started <laughs> kind of opening their eyes a bit, be like, oh, hey, we have one of the best running backs in the game, and Jonathan Taylor, maybe we should use him more than 15 times a game.
1: I know. Like, I wish that friend <laughs> Greg would have figured that out, like back in game two in Tennessee. Right.
0: Well, cause Carson Wentz was ne- like, we talked he about it a lot at that point. Well, we talked about it a lot in the, uh, like when we, you know, we're covering the Colts a little bit more regularly on the podcast. Like they, like we didn't bring in Carson Wentz or even when we first got Carson Wentz, we were talking about this. We weren't talking about, like oh Carson Wentz needs to go be you know 2007 you know 17 MVP Carson Wentz we needed him to be literally just game manage and be above average and you're gonna go places oh, with this way been, this team is constructed yeah it, his
1: numbers are uh, similar on pace to what they were in 2017. Not as not as high, but like the passer rating and the efficiency, everything like that is on pace with 2017. So that's a good sign of things. You know, he's he's doing what he needs to do. Occasionally he has those brain farts where he likes to try to flip the ball from the one yard line. <laughs> anybody that's willing to catch it, including the defense. But, you know, he's an aggressive style quarterback. And that's some, that's just one of those things you got to live with with a, a player of his caliber, a player of his that type of player, you know, I'd rather him be over too aggressive and make big plays than be timid and not try, you know,
0: uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did feel a little bit better when Matthew Stafford made the literal exact same interception the following week against us. I was like, oh, okay, good. It's not just us. Um, yeah. Everybody clamoring that we should have had Matthew Stafford can see that he made the exact same play.
1: And <laughs> he's kind goal. of fallen off the, the charts too. I mean, right? seriously, like I said at the MVP thing, nobody's really standing out. But at this time of year, as we're getting into the back half of the <laughs> season, Jonathan Taylor's really emerged and is like, the premier threat. Yeah. Offensive threat in the NFL right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right. So let's before we get into uh the uh state finals talk, let's go ahead and get our friends of the show out of the way. Are you tired of your same old lunch hour of sitting and scrolling through your apps and your smartphone? Have you thought about playing a board game with your coworkers? Eat Lunch and Board Game is a podcast dedicated to telling you about board games that are great for lunchtime fun and some that are probably better saved for after work hours. I've been playing games at my office for over four years now where I have made new friends and business connections that have been very useful. Board games build bridges. Uh, we also want to let you know that you can follow us at 3C Media Sports on Twitter. Go like us on Facebook, 3C Media. Go check out the YouTube channel and the TikTok. We've got TikTok-only content. I had a pretty good video that went up today about some facts about Thanksgiving football. Uh, you want to go to the 3C Media YouTube page because if you guys are locked into our content, um, we are going to have... Not one, but two watch parties this weekend for the Indiana uh, State Finals for football. We're going to be uh, talking a lot about that. We're also going to have an interview. Uh, with Carson Steele, uh, the Ball State running back as their season ends. We have Center Grove, um, you know, he's a Center Grove alum. And, of course, they play Westfield uh, in the 6A state championship. So go uh, lock in on that. A lot of great content over there. Um, And then remember, you can watch us every week. Uh, We do record, um, you know, and do our live broadcast on Tuesday nights. So uh, if you want to go chat with us, we've already had some people in the chat today. Uh, Megan is here uh dusty comes in and says that tom brady is overrated we agree mac jones for mvp no um l is here as well she has entered the chat um and she says that she hopes the bot doesn't convince her to buy more merch so i'm glad you guys are getting my supplemental messaging um and then remember you can listen to us every week on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify wherever podcasts can be heard you can hear the crash course podcast so let's go ahead and dive in two state football's Finals weekend. Um, We've got six games to dive into, um, and we're really excited about them. It all kicks off on Friday at noon the 1A state championship between Adams Central, uh, who is 13 and 1. They go up against Indianapolis Lutheran. 14 and 0 is the Saints' record. It's the first meeting between these two teams. Um, Adams Central is the number one team in 1A, Lutheran is number two. The Adams Central Flying Jets road to Indy looks as follows in sectional 44. They defeated cherubusco 25 to 15 they defeated southwood 56 to nothing they defeated triton 49 to 3 in the sectional championship game uh, they defeated south adams in regionals 41 to nothing and they defeated north judson in semi-state 42 to 7 the road to indy for the lutheran saints looks like this sectional 46 uh, the saints defeated edinburgh 69 to 8 they defeated part Tudor 25 to 13 and defeated covenant christian 34-27 in the sectional ch- uh, championship game. They then defeated Park Heritage 42-6 to in regionals and defeated Try in Semi-State 56-13. to Adams Central is looking for their first state title since 2000. Lutheran is looking for just their first state title, um, which is crazy because uh, Dave Pash has been there for so long, and I would have thought, um, that he, uh, that, you know, I, I would have thought that he had won one by now. Um, but he has not. So interesting to see what happens there. It is their second finals appearance in three seasons. They lost in 2019, uh, to Lafayette central Catholic. So we're going to dive doesn't in. doesn't
1: lose to Lafayette central Catholic in the state championship? I mean, Lafayette
0: central even Catholic.
1: When they, even when they're done having all the anthrops like Purdue, <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's, it's it's LCC they're just always <laughs> winning anytime they make state
0: it doesn't matter what sport like Lafayette Central Catholic has been the bane of my existence for so long because you know young Craig at the ripe old age of 18 was the PA announcer for Cowan and baseball they defeated uh Lafayette Central Catholic defeated us and I think it was one year in the sectional and then like one year in the regional um and then uh, when I was doing the Traders Point uh, football games, that's who beat Traders Point in the sexual championship in 2019. So, like, yeah, because that was the year Traders Point had two losses on the season, and they were to uh, each of the state finals uh, per, uh, you know, teams that season, Lutheran and Lafayette Central Catholic. So, I mean, so, LCC... Wait, I think-
1: I think LCC may have had to move up to 2A though. Possibly because of the the competition rules in the IHSAA,
0: right? Yes. Yeah. If you win, what is it? Two titles in a row, you move up or.
1: Yeah. And there's also, I know if like, you know, based on population of the school, which isn't going to fluctuate too much with LCC, but if you win multiple championships or a certain amount in a certain amount of time, then you have to move up a class. I mean, right. eventually, let's just be honest, we'll get to them here in a little bit, but we're going to see Cathedral in sixth day. Yeah. Um, which will be very entertaining.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so what we're going to do for each team here is we're going to give a or for uh, each matchup here is we're going to give a player to watch a key to the game and then give our prediction. Um, so uh, for me, uh, player to watch in this game is uh, Lutheran quarterback uh, Montsey Clay. He's completed 73% of his passes. He's thrown for 2,385 yards, 29 touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, he's 15th in the state uh, in passing. He leads the team in rushing as well, 1,856 yards on the ground, 32 touchdowns. He's eighth in the state in terms of rushing. So on the season, he's scored 61 total touchdowns. He's one of two 1,000-yard rushers on the team, Joe Davis. Has also run for about twelve hundred yards, and I think that kind of is what's going to ultimately be the key in this game uh, is if whether or not Adam Central's offense can hang with the offense of Lutheran. Um, You know, because you you kind of break down the numbers a little bit. Adam Central averages forty seven points a game. Lutheran averages forty three. The Adam Central defense, when uh, facing a team uh, that averages thirty, well, when uh, um when, yeah, when facing a team that averages 35 plus a game, they are one and one uh, this season. Uh, They haven't played a team that's averaged more than 30 points in the tournament so far. And Lutheran uh, has scored 35 or more in 10 of their 14 games this season. So Lutheran has the upper hand on offense. And I don't think the Adams central defense has played a team quite like Lutheran all season.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think, um, you know, it is it's going to be a challenge for Adams central, but I think if if there's going to be a game, this entire, you know, state championship weekend, this is going to be the one that's going to put up the fireworks that is guaranteed to put up fireworks. In my opinion, um, both these teams are averaging over 40 points per game. Uh, I think, you know, like you said, uh, Monta C clay, the qu- quarterback from Lutheran, I mean, dual threat, totally dual threat. Um, if Adams Central wants to have any chance at all in winning this game, they need to get at least two stops, two stops of C Clay and Joe Davis that it, it's, it's, it's asking a lot. It is right. asking a lot, but if they want to have a chance of, you know, defeating Lutheran in my opinion you have to get at least two stops and and same could be said though for Lutheran because Adam Central you know like you said they're averaging 47 points per game that is a lot of points so I'll say this if you are a fan of offense this is going to be the game for you this is (laughs) going to be the, the who it could potentially come down to who has the ball last to be honest,
0: <laughs> this is the weekend and, for you with all the, the prolific passers on display, to be
1: honest. Yeah. But honestly, I, I have to give the edge to Lutheran just because if they do need to run, bleed the clock at all, they have the running ability to do that. You know, the, it's not just coming through the air. It's not an aerial attack for them. So honestly, that kind of for me, that gives Lutheran the edge in this game with their ability to bleed clock if need be.
0: Yeah. And I, I, you know, Montesy clay, you know, going back to him, I mean, dude is just an athlete. I remember, uh, cause he, I mean, he was on the team in 2019 when I was calling traders point and they played them, uh, during, you know, last game of the regular season. And the guy I didn't realize cause I had recognized the name, like the name, you know, kind of went off, you know, in the back of my head. And, and he was a wide receiver, uh, <laughs> in that first year. So he's can run the ball. He's played wide receiver some, you know, in his freshman year, I think it was. And then, you yeah, know, he's their, you know, passer and he's just slinging the ball over the yard. So, and I think ultimately that's why I want to give Luther the edge just because the Saints have something they didn't have in 2019, which is a dual threat quarterback. Like you said, uh, Clay has played in this game before, uh, albeit as a wide receiver, uh, but the class of 2022 has the experience and uh, and more firepower to compete in a shootout, uh, you know, and, and I don't think Adam Central necessarily has the same weapon weapons um, or at least the same weapon in terms of uh, an athlete like Montessi Clay at their disposal oh, at their disposal. So I'm going with Lutheran in this game.
1: Yeah. Like I said earlier, I'm, I'm giving the edge to Lutheran as well. And, you know, like, like you said, Craig, they've been around, like they haven't got, won their first state title yet, but it seems like they've been around forever and, you know, so it's time and they're going to get it. Yeah. I honestly, I think just because of their ability to run, and that's going all they I mean, if they get a couple stops on Adam Central, at least one, they can bleed the clock because of, they, of their running ability. That's going to be huge in this game.
0: Moving on to 3A, that game kicks off around 330. Of course, anything after the noon game is all approximates because of how long, you know, or short the game might be um, that uh, Pittsburgh buff uh 12 and 2 against Gibson Southern Southern 13 and 1 their last meeting was in the 2013 semi-state in which Brubuff thirty five to 14 Gibson Southern is number 1 Brubuff is number 2 the Brubuff Braves road to Indy um they played in sectional 28 they kicked off against West Lafayette they won 24 to 14 then they defeated North Montgomery 35 to 8 and then defeated Webo in the sectional championship 42 to 17 I got to jump
1: in real quick and say something Those Weibo fans, they travel. Oh, yeah. They tailgate. I mean, I was coming out of Burbuff um, right before that game, and there was RVs parked all over the parking lot with Weibo flags everywhere. And I was like, is this a college game? Oh, yeah. That's what it felt like. I mean, it was was legit. uh,
0: The year that I was broadcasting Park Tudor, um, uh, Park Tudor played Weibo in the sectional championship that year. And yeah, I, I agree there, you know, those fans are insane. Um, you know, they love, <laughs> they love their Weibo football. Uh, so yeah, but it's, that's, a,
1: it's such a historic program right. as well. So you, I can understand why.
0: Yeah. For sure. Um, and then in regionals, uh, rebuff won over Norwell 38 to nine and then defeated Mishawaka Marion 17 to 16 in the semi-state Gibson Southern. The Titans rode to Indy uh, their sectional 32 kicked off against Mount Vernon Posey. They won 49 to 16. They defeated Salem 56 to 21. And then they defeated Heritage Hills 42 to 7 in semi-state. Uh, or not, sorry, not semi-state, the uh, sexual 32 championship game. Then in the regionals, they beat uh, Lawrenceburg 31 to 29. And in semi-state, they defeated Tri-West 44 to 7. Uh and Gibson Southern, both looking for their first state title in football. Um, so looking for uh, the player to watch in this game, uh, for me, uh, it's the running backs. Uh, because, you know, you, we, you know, we talked about it a little bit off air. There's a lot of prominent, Passing, uh, passers, you know, in this state finals weekend, um, and uh, so in a game like this where you know you have Gibson Southern, you know, with a Purdue commit, um, and potential Mr. Football and Brady Allen, and you've got Rebuff with Nolan Buckman, um, you know, who's you know who who both make up the top two passers in three A then you're kind of like, well, something's got to give here. You know, you know, both are going to get theirs in terms of passing the football. So what's it going to look like as far as running? Well, um, you know, you kind of break it down a little bit. That These two teams, their lowest rushing efforts uh, resulted in their three combined losses. Um, they uh, These two teams have 25 combined wins. Um, and in those games, they averaged 141 rushing yards per game. And their three combined losses, they averaged 16 rushing yards per game. Um, Gibson Southern ran for just nine yards in their only loss. And that was the only game in, when, in which they failed to eclipse 100 yards rushing. Um, and then so you look at who are, is going to be toting the rock, for gibson southern uh on uh on on friday Sean DeLong, uh who's ran for 826 yards and nine touchdowns and then adrian uh Lukeman who's run for uh 431 yards and nine touchdowns for bruff you have jack myers who's run for three uh, 626 yards and eight touchdowns so um you've got um some solid running backs but i think it's going to be you know the key to the game is or not a key to the game but the players to watch are those running backs to see who can actually break free
1: yeah and you know i i totally agree um about the running backs but for me the player to watch actually is going to be joe strickland the defensive end uh from Brabuff. joe strickland is also a four-star recruit headed to purdue uh him and brady allen both set to enroll in January um, at media day yesterday. uh, Joe Strickland said, this will be the first time and only time I'm going to be able to hit my future quarterback. Fun fact. These two are also set to be roommates at Purdue. (laughs) So it'll be a a fun game to watch. I know this is the game that like, when you looked at the potential in three a, this was the one that I think everybody had circled saying, this is going to be a fun, fun game. And everybody was hoping this is who it would come down to in the end. Ultimately. Um, but Joe Strickland has the, has a chance to really kind of shine in the battle of the, the top two players. And in, in my opinion, the top two players in the state of Indiana um, obviously they're both highly rated, but you know, when you look at Gibson Southern, they have put up a lot of points in a hurry. There's been a lot of times this year where uh, Brady Allen hasn't even had to play the second half because they've gone up by so much early in the game. Um, I think also this is going to be the best defense that Gibson Southern has seen all season long. This per defense, it, it gets after you and um, they, they hustle to the ball. So that's going to be a, a big thing. Now th- what's going to be fun to watch is that both of these teams do have big play potential. They rely a lot on the big play whether it's Burbuff in the passing game or Gibson Southern in the passing game, it's going to be, this is going to be one of those games that I think ultimately could be the most entertaining, the most competitive of all the games, the one, a game. Yes. It's going to be a shootout. This one has the potential to be a shootout as well. I don't think it will be though. It's, there's going to be a lot of points scored, but I don't think it's going to be the last team that touches the ball wins. Honestly, this is going to be the game that's going to have the legitimate star power in it. And it's going to bring a lot of attention. Um, I'm not going to make a pick in this game just because of my connections to for I mean, I can say like Nolan Buckman is a potential semi-state wrestling qualifier this year. uh jack myers is an amazing leader uh in all sports that he plays i you know i I know these guys personally so i'm I'm not going to make a pick in this game but i will say the keys to the game uh for both teams basically for gibson southern keep doing what you've been doing all season long on offense air it out go for the big play ride on the arm of brady allen For Burbuff, get after Brady Allen, get your defense, let them pin their ears back and go get them. That's your key to win this game. And for Nolan Buckman on offense for Burbuff, take care of the ball, make smart plays, look for the big play if it's there, but don't force the issue.
0: Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm glad that you brought up the defenses a little bit earlier because that's my key to the game. Um, I like how you're giving us the uh, Kirk Herb Street treatment uh, <laughs> with, with as far as uh, you know the rebuff connections there. But um, you know, I think you know the key to the game is going to be who can contain the other team's uh, prolific passer. Um, you know, bringing up um, the pass rush. brebuff on the season uh, has uh, nine sacks, or not on the season, but during this postseason run, they have nine sacks, seven interceptions, and twenty-two pass deflections um, on. The the season they do have 22 sacks 17 interceptions and 56 pass deflections um gibson southern on the season or on the postseason uh has seven sacks four interceptions and 19 pass deflections um and then on the season they do have 20 sacks eight interceptions and 31 uh past deflections so both secondaries are Pretty good. Both teams can uh you know are pretty good in the pass rush, pretty good in pass defense in general. Um, so that kind of just adds to the intrigue of these two um you know quarterbacks trying to pick apart the opposing defense. So I, I do uh you know, I know you you're not gonna say it B scott, but I will. I'm gonna go with Brabuff um, as the team that I pick uh to uh, win the state championship in 3A. Uh, the Braves have the pass defense that can shut down Brady Allen and the rushing attack that can thrive. Should the passing attack not work out, so I have more faith in the run game of the Braves. Um, and I've got—I just think their passing defense is going to be good enough, e- even if it's even if you know Allen still has a good day. Like I still think the Braves defense can be good enough uh, yeah. to shut down uh, to shut down Gibson Southern.
1: I, I will say this: if your prediction comes true. This, I, I want to know, what, what the, answer this question for me. Burbuff will have then won four state championships in fall sports. Four. Do you think that is, go, could go down as one of the most prolific uh, fall seasons of any school in state history?
0: I think so. I mean, I'd say one
1: cross country, men's soccer, and women's volleyball. Hmm. So now football to cap it off.
0: Yeah, because, like, I don't think – I mean, I know there's – yeah, yeah, because, I mean, I know there's been seasons in which, like, we've seen, like, you know – obviously it's across seasons, but like, we've seen like both, you know, like you've seen the we've team seen take Warren like
1: central. Yeah. Both in football and basketball. We've seen right. that,
0: but I can't, I was like, I, the only thing I could think of is if Carmel's ever won like in the same season that like their, their, their swim team, I'm that's sure won like 23 titles. Their, like, their
1: women's swim team is like yeah. un, hasn't, hasn't lost a state championship since like the Nixon administration or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. I don't know. something ridiculous, but I mean, you know, yeah, you've, seen it, I, you've seen it in cross seasonal, but a dominant fall season.
0: Yeah, that's pretty incredible. It is. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would have to say that because, I mean, obviously, we don't really have the numbers in front of us. Those aren't really yeah. tracked like they are for like, you know, for other sport, you know, other situations maybe. But still, I think, I mean, I can't think of one off top of my head where i was where you know i was seeing their names pop up you know for every championship or every you know situation so that's pretty incredible um moving on to 5a that's the nightcap that's the one that we will be uh you know having a watch party for on friday night that's zionsville nine and five against indianapolis cathedral who is 13 and one their last meeting was actually in last year's 5A state final the 1st of 2 we actually that's funny we're we're wa- doing a watch party for both state finals rematches uh Zionsville and Cathedral and then Center Grove and Westfield um in that state final last year, Cathedral won 46 to 28 over Zionsville. Cathedral's number one. Zionsville is number two. Uh, the Zionsville Eagles road to Indy looked like this. They started in sectional 12. They beat McCutcheon 45 to nothing. They defeated Harrison 42 to 21. And then they defeated Kokomo 42 to 17. And then in the regionals, they defeated Fort Wayne Dwanger, 35 to 14, and defeated Michigan City 52 to 21 in the semi-state. Cathedral's road to Indy. Uh, The Irish started in sectional 13, they defeated Terre Haute North fifty-six to nothing. Plainfield fifty-four to seven, and Decatur Central thirty-one to seven. Uh, in the regionals, they defeated New Pal New Palestine twenty-three to seven, uh, and then in the semi-state, they beat New Albany fifty-two to thirteen. Zionsville is looking for their third straight, uh, state title, the first since nineteen ninety-six. Cathedral is looking for their fourteenth title back, uh, and also back-to-back titles. Um, and so six A, 6A. yes. <laughs> um, and looking at uh, the player to watch uh, for Cathedral, uh, or sorry, the player to watch for me is Cathedral's quarterback, Danny O'Neill. Um, he is 11th in the state in passing. He's completed 62% of his passes for t- 2,600 yards, uh, 30 touchdowns, and just two interceptions. In last year's state final, uh, Nate McCahill threw for 322 yards, scored six touchdowns, <coughs> excuse me, uh, five t- uh, passing, one rushing against Zionsville's defense. Um, at, you know, cathedral in that game also jumped out to a 22 to nothing lead. So the reason that I'm applying that is that if O'Neill can have a similar game and a similar start, then the Irish should be pretty well set, um, to repeat as state champions. Um, so yeah, I, I think, uh, if Danny O'Neill can have a big game, I think that's going to set the stage for what cathedral can do.
1: Yeah. Look, the, the players, I'm going to say players to watch in this game. The Zinesville defense, can they slow down Cathedral? Because so far this year, only one team has, and that's Center Grove. And Center Grove is ranked, what, sixth in the nation? Yeah. So, I mean, Cathedral is just on a different level than everybody else in 5A. Let's just be honest. The Zinesville defense is going to have their hands full unfortunately. So I'm going to look for them to really step up and try to keep their offense in the game. Um, If their defense can help keep them in the game and Zionsville can get a run game going, we could see a competitive game. Uh, Unfortunately, I I just don't see that happening. I I don't, I I feel like this, this is, this is cathedral we're talking about here and Cathedral's playing really good football yet again. Um, so I'm going, I, 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 I'm going, I'm going to go ahead and give my pick, but I'm going cathedral in this one and it's probably not going to be that fun of a game to watch. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Um, don't, don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. This is our watch party. It better be four overtimes. Uh, we better get a repeat of uh, Illinois and Penn State. It better be. Oh, gosh, no, uh, that was a nine, horrible game. Nine overtimes. I'm, I'm, no. I guess I mean in terms of overtimes, but okay. Um, but, but yeah, please, not but, a
1: nine six nine overtime game.
0: Yeah, no, I'm looking at, at the running game uh, for the Eagles as far as my key to the game, if they can establish the run uh, because Zionsville this season is 8-0 and when rushing for 155 yards or more, and they are 1-5 when failing to do so. Um, you know, this, this, this past season um they've had three games of 200 plus rushing yards two games of 300 plus rushing yards and they had 411 yards in their semi-state win over michigan city in that game gage banker rushed for 244 yards two touchdowns in the semi-state win um and he ran for 241 yards and two touchdowns versus fort wayne Dw- Dw- dwanger uh that was replacing the injured colin price so um you know zionsville has different guys who can uh you know carry the load on the ground and if they can establish that running game they can potentially keep up with cathedral but yeah i'm with you i think cathedral is going to ultimately win uh they're you know like you said their only loss is the 6a center grove they have the 11th best quarterback in indiana and their defense averages less than a touchdown allowed per game they've shut they've you Know how to shut out on the season, they have three games allowing uh, you know, just seven points, and then they allowed 13 last week. But their defense is just incredible, so yeah, I think Cathedral, you know, like you said, gets their second t- state title and moves up to 6A.
1: <laughs> 5A rejoices,
0: yes. <laughs> All right, so then the action continues on Saturday again, it gets kicked off at noon. 2A state championship between Andrean 11 and 3 against Evansville Modern Day, who is 12 and 2. It's the first meeting between these two teams. Modern Day is number one. Uh, Andrean is the sixth best team in 2A. The Andrea, uh, Andrean, uh, their road to Indy looked like this. The 59ers started in sectional 33, they defeated Wheeler 44 to 6. They defeated Rensselaer Central 28 to 2, and they defeated Whiting 49 to nothing. Uh, then in the regionals, they defeated LaVille 35 to 8. And then Eastside, 17 to 14 uh, in the semi state Evansville. Uh, their road to Indy, the Wildcats started in sectional 40. They'd beat Forest Park 42 to 6. Linton Stockton 28 to 27. And North Posey 42 to 13. They also defeated Triton Central in the regionals 35 to 7. And they defeated Indianapolis Cena, Twenty-three to seven in the semi-state. Andrean is looking for their third title, first since 2013. day is looking for their second title, uh, first since 2000. And before I get into the player to watch, I forgot to mention this uh, when we started the. Uh, um, before we started getting into these games, uh, you guys know your team better than we do. So if you are a fan of one of these teams, and we, you know, <laughs> and we, we uh, you know. If we screw something up or if we miss something, uh, feel free to leave a comment, uh, down below in the video, or, uh, um, I don't know, I guess you can leave a message on anchor. If you were listening to the podcast version, hit us up on Twitter at Three HC media sports. If uh, you hear something on the podcast uh, side of things and, and are like, Hey, no, that's not right. Um, feel
1: free to get in an argument with Craig on Twitter. He yes. loves doing that.
0: True. True. That is, that is facts. Um, looking at our players to watch, uh, I've got, um, Andrean, uh, running back, uh, Drac Bowen. Um, he's a Notre really Dame. Drake. Drake, I like Drake. Let's go with Drack. Uh, <laughs> after I just said, I'm sorry if we mess anything up, let's just butcher and the next name. Butchers the Notre <laughs>
1: Dame.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh, great,
1: great. Now you're going to have the IU <laughs> basketball fans jumping down your throat
0: now. <laughs> right. Again. Again. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Drake Bowen, he's a Notre Dame commit on the season. He's uh, rushed the ball 131 times for 794 yards um, and 15 touchdowns. He also has 99 tackle so he just kind of does it all um and that's why i think that whoever establishes the run game uh will end up uh winning this game because again kind of like in uh the uh gibson southern and burbuff game i mean both teams have great quarterbacks um you have uh andrean quarterback scott valentine he's 10th in the state in passing modern day quarterback mason wonderlick is 13th uh you have um uh, you know modern day uh who has uh you know, a couple of good, uh, running backs, uh, they're led by Joey Pierre, who has rushed for over 1200 yards and 10 touchdowns. Uh, both of modern day's losses have come when failing to run for at least 70 yards. They ran for 343, uh, in regionals. Um, and then of course you've got Drake Bowen, um, who's, uh, the leading rusher for the 59ers who defeated Rensselaer central this season without a single passing yard. So they went one for one for no yards. Uh, Right.
1: Central, you couldn't even stack the box.
0: Yeah, Rensselaer's like they're gonna (laughs) pass.
1: I wonder (laughs) what's going to happen on this play.
0: (laughs) They're going to pass eventually. They're we're ready. We're ready. If we if they go if they go play action, they
1: They can't they can't have (laughs) zero passing yards in this game. Can
0: they? Yeah, it's twenty twenty one. You have to have passing yards. (laughs) Like it's 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 the rule of the game. Um. But yeah, their three worst uh, passing outputs are actually wins for Andran, too, on the season. So they they can cope uh, when not being able to run the foot, when not being able to pass the football.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm going with Drake Bowen as well, or Drack or Drack, <laughs> Drack. Um, but yeah, Drake <laughs> Bowen. I mean, come on. How many times in two A do you see somebody a, a, a recruit of this caliber? in 2a i think you know i think you may have seen it before a few years ago but i don't i don't think he actually made the state championship game he won mr football and he went to notre dame as well um so yeah but drake bowen is just having i mean an outstanding season mr do it all on the football field and (laughs) gosh that stat is still gets me of defeating Rensselaer central without a single passing yard. That's, look, that's unreal. That alone right there. I mean, that, that, that's a key to a game Could just do what you do. Andrean, do what you do and you're going to win this game because guess what you have, you control the clock. You can literally control the game with your run game. All you have to do is do what you do. And this game's yours.
0: Oh, and by the way, they still have like one of the best passers in the state. So it's like Oh yeah. So
1: if, if worst case scenario, if modern day says, um, we're gonna show Rensselaer Central Central how to uh stack the, the block, then yeah, you got you guess what? Andreas is gonna hit you over the top. <laughs> <laughs> and, exactly. I mean, talk about, you know, riches. That that's is that's just an awesome Offense, But yeah, I mean, I, I have to say the the key to the game is just do what you do, Andrean. Run the ball and run the ball some more. If it doesn't work, just get the ball into the hands of your playmakers and ride them. That's what you got to do. Yeah. So I, I'm going Andrean in this one. I think that run game is just going to, it's going to be too much for modern day to handle. Um And also just because, if they control the line of scrimmage, they control the run game. You control the clock. If you have the lead, you do you. Yeah. And that, I mean, keep modern day's offense off the field.
0: Is that a washing machine jingle that I heard?
1: Yeah. Uh, it was either the <laughs> washing machine or it was the dryer. It <laughs> likes to sing to us <laughs> yeah. when it's done.
0: <laughs> I was <laughs> new, like, I, new, I heard that. I was like new
1: fancy technology, you know? Yeah.
0: Not as fancy as the million dollar man cave, but you know, well, it, hey, it when, you, does, when
1: you have a million-dollar man cave, you have to have a singing washing machine, right?
0: <laughs> that's true. That's one of the requirements. <laughs> uh, you know, they have to, you know, all right, make sure you check that box. Oh, man. But, yeah, no, I'm with you, Andrean. And I think we're four for four on, on picks right now. This is going to be, I haven't decided if I'm making a graphic yet, but this is going to be a really easy graphics <laughs> to make. It's like, yes, you know what? Um, <laughs> these are all the picks we have, um, and they're the same because we're on the same wavelength. Um, but yeah, I'm going with Andrean as well. Uh, the, you know, these two teams are really evenly matched. And so when you, uh, when you have two teams, um, you know, uh, you, and one of them has a Notre Dame commit, I'm going to go with the team that's got the Notre Dame commit. So, uh, yeah, I think the 59ers get their, their state can championship win
1: without passing the, for a single yard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we have in the chat, L uh says it's definitely a washing machine. I have that exact jingle on mine. I told you he was a millionaire. So there you go. B Scott Millionaire confirmed. Um <laughs> moving on to 4A. That's going to be the game uh in the uh in the middle part of the day, 330 uh approximately. Northridge. Uh they are 10 and 4. Um and they are playing Matt jeez <laughs> I can't talk. Matt Vernon, uh Fortville, uh, who is 13 and one. Uh, it's the first meeting between these two teams. Uh, Mount Vernon is number two in four A. Northridge is number fifteen in four A. Wow. Um, yeah, they've had they've gone on quite a mission. Well, I mean, heck, I mean, you you think about it. You go, you what? You have to win six games to win a state title. So, you're six straight. Um, so that means you know they've won five straight, which means that they ended the season at four and five, and then had to win five straight games to be ten and four. So no, I mean, no,
1: if they've won five straight, they were. Five and four. No. You said four and five.
0: Okay, yeah. So yeah, never yeah, mind. Yeah, they'd be four. There were five, but still though, like right at five hundred. Yeah, right at five hundred. <laughs> and then they went on a mission. Uh yeah, the Raiders rode to Indy, uh started in sectional nineteen. Uh, the Raiders defeated Northwood 28 to 7. They defeated Columbia City 35 to 21, and they defeated Leo 27 to 26 in overtime. They then defeated Mississippi 25 to 7 in regionals and New Prairie 20 to 14 in semi-state. Mount Vernon, the Marauders, their road to Indy. Uh, they started in sectional 21, where they defeated Pendleton Heights 63 to 28. They defeated Greenwood or Greenfield Central 49 to 34, and Connorsville 70 to nothing. So a barn burner there. They then defeated uh, Ron Colley, um, uh, twenty-seven to twenty-one in regionals, and then they defeated Evansville Memorial, forty-two to twenty-eight in semi-state. Both Mount Vernon and Northridge are seeking their first state title in school history. So, looking at the uh, players to watch or player to watch uh, for Mount Vernon, I'm going to go with um, uh, court, uh, Mount Vernon quarterback uh, Garrick Sluniker uh he's pat, he's the ninth best passer in indiana 69% completion to uh 2793 yards 31 touchdowns just three interceptions um you know the dude has been an absolute monster and the key to the game kind of sits off you know right there as far as can Northridge defense uh, slow down their Marauders offense? I mean, you know, Mount Vernon also have, they just have so much talent. They've got Keegan LaBelle, who's run for a hundred, who's run 143 times for 1,500 yards and 24 touchdowns. They have, uh, Ashton Gentry at wide receiver, who's had caught 50 passes for uh, 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns. And I believe he's a freshman. Um, the Marauders have averaged 50 points per game during their state finals runs. Uh, and they've had games of 63 points and 70 points in the sectional uh, this season. Northridge uh, is zero and four when allowing 30 points or more. So, I mean, uh, you know, I don't think the Raiders have played a defense or I've played an offense quite like what Mount Vernon uh, is going to bring to the table.
1: So this is the Marauders versus the Raiders. Yeah. They're just going to be storming Lucas (laughs) on Saturday (laughs) pillaging pillaging. I like it. That's better. (laughs) Okay. So Mount Vernon, to be honest, has had such a rough, has had a really hard road to get to the state finals. I mean, Ron Colley and Evansville Memorial, those that's, that's not an easy, too easy outs. And they did simple work of them. So th- this, Mount Vernon team, this offense, wow. It's, it's the real deal. I, I I'm impressed the most with it, Ashton Gentry. I mean, when you have a running back that's, you know, 143 carries, over 1500 yards and 24 touchdowns for you to get yours with 50 catches and over 1100 yards and 12 touchdowns. That's that says something about this offense when they can spread the ball around like that. And I mean, it's not like, okay, yeah, they're just really good at passing it or they're really good at running it. No, they'll get you with all the above. And that is a dangerous combination when it's like, pick your poison. It's, it's pretty much like playing like, Alabama or Ohio state, you know, at the college level, it's what you, you can try to stop one, but you can't, you got You can't stop both. And when you try to stop both, they're going to get you with both, honestly. So th- this marauders offense is what carries Mount Vernon to their first state championship football, state championship in school history.
0: Yeah. I, I'm I'm right there with you. Mount Vernon uh is gonna get the dub like Cathedral. Uh Mount Vernon's only loss is to a six A school and their offense is just too good. So I mean yeah, who it's was been the six A school
1: that they lost?
0: Uh their six A loss was it too cath- wait.
1: Okay, it couldn't have been cathedral, they're five A.
0: Right. Uh that's a good question. I'm gonna go look that up real quick because um yeah, I don't remember right off the top of my head, but I know um Gosh.
1: Interesting to.
0: Yeah. And of course, now I can't find my bookmarks. There we go. (laughs) Of course, now that I need to do that. All right. So we're looking at Saturday's capsules. We're looking at Mount Vernon. Their loss was to Noblesville at the beginning of the season. They've won they've won 13 straight. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cause uh, Noblesville did, you know, they had a okay season, but I guess they they just caught Mount Vernon right at the right time. Game one.
0: Uh, Noblesville is two and eight. <laughs> Their first two games, uh, they beat Mount Vernon and Terre-, Terre Haute South and then lost eight straight games. There we go. Um, so I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I feel like they had an injury or something. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, you yeah. guys know your teams better than us. So correct us on that in the chat if you want. Uh, Mount, they beat Mount Vernon week one. Um, which I mean, I guess it's six A and four A, but when you get to that so, like level, it it's yeah, I mean, right. So they they won fifty seven to thirty six. Then Terre Haute South they won uh, forty five to twelve, and then they lost uh, sixteen to 13, 13 to sixteen to Fishers, fifteen to forty two to Westfield, twenty six to forty one to Zionsville. So that's part of it. They played like three teams that went to the state, you know, that are going to their state championship games. Uh, they they lost twenty two to twenty eight to Franklin Central, thir- eight to thirty eight. Uh, to Hamilton Southeastern 21 to 42 to Brownsburg, 21 to 35 to Avon, and then lost to Westfield in the uh, um, in the uh, sectional. So they must have had a
1: close game
0: 42 to six. So, oh, never mind. I they, thought for
1: some reason I thought there was one that Westfield squeaked by.
0: No, well, they might have. We'll get to them in just a second, but yeah, I, I yeah. don't, so I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what happened to noblesville, but it seemed like their offense was rolling and then they fell off a cliff. So I don't know what happened to create that, you know, uh, aforementioned cliff fault. Just say COVID. Like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, no, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I'm going with Mount Vernon. Um, we've, we, I think we've all been on the same team so far, which is fine. We don't, we don't want to be contrarian for the sake <laughs> of contrarian, but, but yeah, Mount Vernon's just, I feel like the easy, easy decision there. Mm. Um, Moving on to the final matchup of state finals weekend. That's going to be Saturday at seven o'clock. Our, uh, our uh, watch party uh, will be that day as well, or one of our two watch parties will be that day as well, uh, where we do uh, uh, where we cover Westfield, who's 12 and one against center Grove, who is 13 and zero. their last meeting was last year's six a state final, the second of two rematches. Uh, on state finals weekend, uh, Center Grove won the game last season, thirty-eight to fourteen, helped in large part by the guy we're going to have interviewing uh, and, and on the uh, broadcast on Saturday, Carson Steele. Um, so um, the Westfield Shamrocks, their road to Indy uh, in sectional four, they defeated Noblesville, forty-nine to six um uh, so i i must have read that wrong then or, or, or wrote it down wrong anyway it doesn't matter if they won by a lot against noblesville they defeated hamilton southeastern 24 to 22 so there you that go was that was, was that was a sexual championship game uh and then they defeated carroll um of uh, fort wayne 37 to 14 in regionals and defeated merrillville uh 48 to 19 in semi-state center grove uh uh, their road to indy started in sectional eight the trojans defeated franklin central 35 to 7 and then defeated columbus north 41 to 7 um and then they defeated uh lawrence north in regionals uh 29 to 19 and defeated ben davis in semi-state 45 to 6 westfield is looking for their second state title First since 2016, Center Grove is looking for back-to-back titles. Uh, their fourth in program history. So uh, only, players, only
1: they're they're looking for their fourth. Why does it feel like Center Grove? I mean, Center Grove's been there. I want to know how. I wonder how many runner-ups they have. Yeah, but it just felt like Center Grove. It's for the longest time it was it was like four teams: Center Grove, Ben Davis, Carmel, Warren Central. Warren Central. Yeah, and. That was—I mean, there was a time there where it was Lawrence Central and Fishers and Hamilton Southeastern, but that yeah, was a while, that was a while back.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, it, it's it's yeah, interesting that Center Grove, um, you know, uh, is only going for their fourth, but still looking for back-to-back titles. A uh, player to watch. Um, for me, it's going to be Westfield's uh, running back, Micah Hauser. Um, on the season, he's rushed 173 times for over 1,200 yards and 23 touchdowns. He ran for a season-high 170 yards in the semi-state win over Uh, He also has 116 tackles and three interceptions. So kind of like uh, Drake Bowen, he's just kind of all over the field uh, for his team. Uh, last year in this game, uh, in the in the uh, state championship against Center Grove, uh, he r- ran for 118 yards, and then um, a couple of weeks later, underwent surgery. Um, where because you know it was apparent uh, by those looking on on Twitter that he was nursing some sort of injury. So the guy played hurt, still had an amazing game. So I mean, I feel like at full health, he's going to have a, an even more sensational game and be a real force uh, for the uh, Shamrocks.
1: Yeah. So my player to watch um, is Taven quarterback, Taven Jackson of center Grove. Um, he's a Tennessee commit and the younger brother of IU basketball forward, Trace Davis Jackson. Um, I look for him to have a big, uh, have a big game. He's, he's been one of those quarterbacks this year that, yeah, he's put up good numbers and everything, but you, you, you kind of forget that he's around when you, you see the rest of the quarterbacks in the state of Indiana. Like, you know, you, so you're talking about think about Brady Allen, you think about Nolan Buckman, you think about those guys, Taven Jackson's not the the guy that, you know, comes to mind. You honestly forget, like, like when I, when you hear that center groves quarterbacks going to Tennessee, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> there was another quarterback that was like a four-star guy in the state of Indiana had no idea. Um, so I look for him to kind of really stand out in this game. Another uh, person to really keep an eye on on the Westfield defensive side. I'm going to say it just because I like his name, Popeye Williams. <laughs> um, he's headed to Louisville and uh, at defensive end. But it, it could. It, it, this is going to be a fun game. I I, I hope. I really yeah. do hope. Um, it all depends on which Center Grove team shows up. Is it a center grove team that's focused or a center grove team that goes, yeah, we beat these guys pretty soundly last year. Let's just go out and do what we do. And, you know, gets caught sleeping a little bit because if they come in focused, ready to go, I mean, you'll, you'll see them come out like they did against Ben Davis and win 45 to six. But if they come out kind of sleepy and not, not overly focused thinking that they've got this thing in the bag, then they're going to look like the center Grove team that beat Lawrence North 29 to 19. I mean, that that, it's just, they've had so many ups and downs. Same thing with Westfield though. They're a a program that's had a lot of ups and downs this year as well. I mean, you would think, you know, Hamilton Southeastern has had a good season, but for Westfield to squeak by them in the sectional championship, that's that's concerning as well. So I, I think both these teams need to be on their a games, obviously, but Westfield really needs to be on their A game if they look to upset the Trojans.
0: See, I'm going the complete, you know, kind of opposite direction of where you started as far as like, I I want to know, you know, which, uh, which Rocks team is going to, to show up. Is it going to be one that can put up a lot of numbers or is it going to be the one we saw last year um, you'll get behind early. I mean, they trailed 38-7 to at halftime in last year's state final um, against Center Grove. Uh, they do have Ball State commits. So you you highlighted some of the more insignificant commits. The main commit is uh, Ball State commit quarterback Maximus Webster. And can, we, he, can we
1: go out as a sidebar and say how awesome of a name is that for a quarterback commit? That's
0: pretty incredible. Yeah. Not, Maximus. Uh, Maximus Max Webster um ah, there we go yeah um so he had two touchdowns in last year's state championship one through the air one uh, on the ground he's completed 71% of his passes for 2123 yards 16 touchdowns two interceptions he's also scored seven run, uh seven rushing touchdowns on the season uh you know we did talk about um Hauser already and uh, they also have three receivers with four touchdowns or more so they can spread the ball around they've got a good rushing attack um this is an offense that can compete with center grove. And so as long as they get out to a good start now, granted, I think it was what a 24 points or 21 point, um, second quarter for center grove last season. So, you know, they really turned on the afterburners in the second quarter of that game. So, you know, And if, also
1: you got to look at last year, Carson Steele was phenomenal. Oh
0: yeah, for sure. In, he, in had over 100, he had over a hundred, he had over a hundred yards I think. And, <laughs> uh, and a couple of touchdowns so yeah he was great um uh, but yeah if they if westfield can kind of avoid that kind of a disaster to close out the first half i mean if they go into like because this is a, a situation where you know yeah you know you if you're a senior on this team you remember last year and if you're at halftime instead of your instead of being down 38 to 7 you're instead down 21 to 14 or tied or even leading then you're like okay we got it this time around. And I think that's going to be really important to determining whether or not Westfield can end up uh, in the victory.
1: Yeah. You know, my gut tells me center Grove just because the conference they play in the competition, they've had to go up against night in and night out um, throughout the entire season. But I'm going to go different than you, Craig. I'm going to go with Westfield to win this game. Just for just because mostly because i just moved to westfield and i got to support the local community. Man. <laughs> yeah. i, I yeah. have to go with the locals you, you can't, I mean, you can't I, I start off on a bad in. note i just moved in like two weeks ago and uh, last thing i want to do is pick center grove and then find out that like maximus webster lives right down the street from me and then my house gets torched you know i, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't i don't want that so but yeah you know, this Westfield offense is a year older, a year more mature. They have a year of more experience. Um, Maximus Webster is putting up really good numbers this year. Hey, look, their offense is much better than it was last year against center Grove. And also center Grove's not rolling anybody out like Carson Steele this year either. So that that's a, that's a plus because last year once center Grove was able to take that big lead, they were then able just to keep pounding the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock. And I think this year they're not going to be able to get out to that big of a lead center Grove is, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tight. And I think Westfield's offense has what it takes this year to get them over the hump and actually dethrone center Grove and bring home a state championship.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I kind of feel the same as you, as far as like, you know, my gut told me center Grove, because it's like, uh, it's it's crazy because you dive into the numbers Westfield has and the offense that they have and what they've been able to do this season. And you think, wow, Westfield has a really good team, but then you're like, but center Grove is also just their center Grove. They do what they do. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Trojans have won by an average margin of 32 points this season. Uh, they're winners of 27 straight games. Of course, the 14-0 season last year and then the 13 and zero season so far this year, um, they've, uh, they they uh, average 185 yards on the ground and they've won by an average of 28 points this postseason. So yeah, they're averaging 185 yards during the postseason and and a 28 point margin of victory. Um, and then they they do that while they don't have one singular. Uh, excellent running back in Carson Steele like they did last year. They do have uh, a three-headed monster on the ground with Drew Wheat, Daniel Weems, Mike Coyle. Uh, They've combined for 2,200 yards and 31 touchdowns this season. Uh, Weems had 113 yards and two touchdowns in the semi-state. So um, that's a little bit of a different animal altogether, whereas uh, instead of having one guy that you just kind of hand it off to and say, hey, go get your yardage, you actually have a a running back by committee. You're getting fresh legs in there all the time um, and finding success that way so i'm gonna go center grove just because i just it's just hard to bet against i mean it's just they have you know it's just kind of like it's kind of like when you know we're picking like you know the playoffs of like other sports we're picking like the nfl playoffs and it's like on the one side you have like the kansas city chiefs who have patrick mahomes and tyreek hill and and you know travis kelsey then on the other side it's it's bill belichick you know, it, it's, it's Tom Brady and you're like, well, like everything tells me if I'm looking at this on paper and I don't know who the teams are, everything on paper tells me the team that's got, you know, this great offense and, and they can hit you with a de- couple different weapons, but then you see who the teams are and you're like, oh, but center Grove just, you know, there's, they're so good all the time. Like, I, yeah. they, they, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, kind of what, you know, it doesn't matter you know, who they give the ball to, that player is going to excel. So I'm going center Grove. It only makes sense that, you know, the six a game, the highest level of Indiana uh, state football is, is where we differ on, but you know, I, you know, we pick the same on the other one. So we'll see uh, who ends up, uh, you know, correct on those picks, but yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend of football. Uh, I'm really excited. Um, and I hope you guys are too, uh, to watch uh, all the different, uh, all the different content we have prepared for you guys. So, yeah, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Crash Course Podcast. Thank you, guys, everybody, for listening. Uh, Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at 3C Media Sports. You can like us on Facebook, 3C Media. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like I mentioned, we've got a lot of great content coming out this week. We've got, you know, of course, the podcast is going to be coming out uh, if you're listening uh, to – Uh, everything on the audio. So of course, I guess if you're listening to this at all and just aren't watching the live, then it's out right now because you're watching it. So you're living it right now. But, but then on uh, Friday, we've got our watch party uh, for the five, a state championship, where we'll not only be talking the five, a championship, we'll also be talking about the other games that have gone on throughout the day. Uh, uh, You know, we might be showing you guys some like clips and stuff as well of, of of those games. uh, If there's any that can be provided uh, on social media, um, we're uh, we're going to then do the same thing for the 6A state championship. Uh, we've also got an interview with uh, Carson Steele uh, that's going to be coming out as well. You can hear it in its entirety um, during the uh, during the watch party on Saturday. So make sure you guys are locked into that. I think it's going to be six uh, Eastern for both of those watch parties. So make sure you're locked in. 3C Media on YouTube. Go fo- uh, subscribe to the TikTok as well. 3C Media. Uh, go uh, go to Twitch.tv slash Crash if you. You want to watch us live every single tuesday and remember you can hear us on apple podcast google podcast spotify wherever podcasts can be heard you can hear the crash course podcast you can find me on twitter at crash course fm b scott where can they find you,
1: you can find me on twitter at brandon underscore scott 87
0: well, uh, that will do it for this week's edition of the podcast. Uh, it was a lot of fun breaking down these matchups. Next week, we're going to be uh, talking some more football. It'll be time for the conference championships uh, for college football. We'll also hopefully be talking about an at Colts' win. Fingers crossed against Tampa Bay uh, this coming weekend. So it's going to be a lot of fun to talk uh, sports with you guys again next week. But until then, have a good one, everybody.